Are you looking to make the transition from a renter to a homeowner? Well, in today's episode, we're going to take on part two of this process, take you step by step and answering each question along the way. Hello and welcome to the Homeowner Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Lon, and this podcast was created to provide real-world advice and accountability for first-time homebuyers. We'll be interviewing industry experts, providing some how-tos, and talking with first-time homebuyers about their personal experiences. If that sounds interesting to you, please be sure to subscribe, and if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the little bell to be notified when new episodes release. Now let's dive into today's episode. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Homeowner Prep. You know, in part one, we really dove into the pre-pre-approval, things that we will help our clients with before they even talk to a loan officer. So just to kind of recap on that, definitely we talked about the very first thing you need to have is a strong why, a strong reason why you want to become a homeowner. Um, The second thing that we talked about was, you know, checking on your income, but in how that income relates to your debt. And then, of course, how things pop up on your credit report, you know, debts, um, if there's any identity theft, any um, lines of credit that need to be disputed, you know, to make sure that you attack those before you even talk to a loan officer. So that was the pre-pre-approval process, if you would. But today we're gonna actually talk about the loan pre-approval process. And we did do a whole episode on this, so you can go back to some of our older episodes um, when we walked through that process step-by-step with uh, Linda Brianna Barksdale. And we're gonna kind of dive into those, um, just answering a few questions that still arise uh, that we can address quickly on a video. Again, I wanna just talk about this process. We're gonna probably make a part three Um, because there's just so much to unpack here. And I really want to make sure that it's digestible for you, that you have action items that you can actually do and take care of, and then kind of move on to the next phase. So the pre-approval process, the all scary pre-approval process. Well, uh, like I mentioned before, most people are approved and ready to go. Most people are more qualified than they think. You know, on rare occasion, you know, there are times where we have to work with a client to really help them, you know, get their credit up um, or to really help them put a budget in place that they can start to earn more and keep more of their money. Um, But other than that, I mean, most people who are ready to reach out to a loan officer after you've done your pre-pre-approval, you're going to be good to go. And so, again, when it comes to buying a house, you know, you can buy a house with a 580 credit score as long as you have stable income. As long as your debt to income ratios work out um, and you're not buying a home, you know, that's that's bigger or more than you need, you know. And so with that mortgage payment, you really want to just kind of keep an eye on that. And the key to being a first time home buyer, and one thing that we always relate to our clients is that you want to get your foot in the door. It doesn't have to be your forever home. You know, we, we just need you to get out of the rent trap, um, paying 100 percent interest on your rent to maybe paying, you know, five or 6% and, you know, our times right now, or, you know, in better times, you know, with three or 4%. Um, and so ideally, we're just trying to get your foot in the door, we're trying to get you into your first place, build up some appreciation, and then use that equity to go out and buy the next home, whether you decide to rent your first place out or sell it and move on, things that you can do, but those are decisions that you can make once you become a homeowner. And so the first step in talking with a loan officer is figuring out the type of loan officer that you need to talk to. There are two different types, you know, two different categories, if you would, when we talk about loan officers. 
there are retail loan officers, and there are brokers. So a retail officer is somebody who works in Wells Fargo. You walk into a Wells Fargo branch, you talk to somebody who handles home mortgages, they walk you through all of the Wells Fargo programs that they can help you with. Um, and for the majority, they're gonna be pretty much what's out there. And so they're gonna be competitive in that nature. But it's gonna be somebody that maybe you already have a relationship with. You know, if you're already part of a credit union, for instance, you've been part of this credit union for 10 years, chances are they're gonna be a little bit more forgiving if you need that extra push um, because of the relationship. And so they can always go back and, and look at bank statements and see how, you know, basically how much money they've made off of you over time. Um, but, you know, they don't want to do more for that relationship. So that's more of the retail side. You know, you walk into your bank, you talk to somebody who's sitting there to help you with your home mortgage, which is great. There's also the broker side. Now, a broker side is somebody who's going to take your information um, when you fill out your application, your loan application, and they're going to shop it out to different wholesale lenders. And so what that does is going to help you try to find the best rate and the best program for you that might not be available at your local bank, you know. And so there's going to be some incentives there, you know. There's going to be some rebates there. There's going to be things that they can do to try to get you the best rate. Um, and so if you were to ask me what's my opinion, I am more likely to take my clients and talk to a broker because there are more options available and I feel like they're going to really work hard to find them the best rate and the best program. But again, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking to both. The issue that most people have is they say, hey, well, I want to find a loan officer who's going to give me the lowest rate. And so you're just rate shopping at that point, right? There's no relationship there. There's no, you know, you don't know the experience. You don't know how this person is going to actually close and make sure that you actually close on time. Um, you know, so there's some things that you need to know that are more important than just the rate. Another thing is, yeah, they may be able to lower your rate, but on the back end, you know, they're charging you more. And so, you know, your APR, your final APR is going to be different from the interest rate that you're quoted. Every time they quote you a rate, if I say, hey, well, you know, you're 4%. Well, that's not your APR. You know, your APR is going to have all the costs of that loan included. And then it'll tell you, you know, what that real rate is that you're paying. Because maybe you have to pay upfront fees where with a different lender, loan officer, you may not have to. You know, and so that's going to all be factored into your total costs and your costs over the life of the loan. So look at your APR. You know, when you're talking with multiple loan officers, whether they're retail or brokers, look at your APR and compare that rate if you're going to compare rates, not just the interest rate that they're going to quote you. Um, and, that, and that's vital because you want to know how much money you're going to have to pay up front and through the life of the loan. So know your APR, compare those two. Another point I'll make is that when you um, apply, when you talk to a first, you know, a loan officer for the first time, they're going to take your loan application, which is going to be all your personal information. It's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to get um, instruction to pull credit on you, um, your job history, your debts. You know, they're going to ask, you know, if you have had bankruptcies, foreclosures in the past, you know, things of that nature. So that application is then going to be run. They're going to run your credit. That's going to be an inquiry. Now, that first inquiry, your credit score is going to take a hit. It's going to take a slight hit because now we're inquiring about a mortgage. You know, we're checking your credit. Typically, an inquiry will have an impact on your credit score. However, 
if you talk to multiple lenders and you're you know doing multiple applications and they're pulling your credit let's say you talk to three different loan officers and you're trying to figure out you know what's the best your retail and two brokers they all pull your credit you're shopping for the same item so yes those inquiries will pop up on your credit report but they won't hurt your credit score and so you know as long as you're shopping in that time frame and you're just you know you're kind of figuring out what's the best rate for you you know who's the best loan officer to work with um, those inquiries will pop up but it won't hurt your score so that's just another point that I want to make because most people think hey I'm only gonna pull my credit once because I don't want it to continue to my I don't want my score to continue to take a hit and keep going down that's just not true um, it's just that first one that's gonna take the initial hit but then after that it's gonna just be inquiries and not um, any hit to your credit score so that is something that you should know the pre-approval process itself uh, will be explained by a good loan officer they will walk you through that so again you fill out the application they're pulling your credit if they're a broker they're gonna go out and shop all these different programs and uh, lenders to see who's working you know has the best program for you um, and then they're going to give you that program show it to you and get you a pre-approval you know in hand to say hey you know you qualify for this program everything looks good you know we can get you a pre-approval letter and that's typically what they're gonna look for, you know, when you're out shopping for a home. They, they wanna make sure that you have a pre-approval letter in hand. But better yet is to actually have underwriting completed, right? So they can run you through um, an automated underwriting system if you're qualified for, you know, a qualified loan, meaning you meet all the criteria. Your debt to income looks good, you know, you have the down payment, if there's a down payment required, everything looks good and how it should be they can run it through an automated system it kicks out a, an actual approval an underwriting approval which is different from just a pre-approval letter right a bank can give you a pre-approval letter you can tell them some information they can give you that letter you know that's just a, a prequal you know but to actually have an underwritten approval saying that you qualify for this program now that holds much more weight if you're presenting that you know with your offers you're saying hey I've already gone through the process it's already you know gone through underwriting um, you know so which says that I'm approved for this program I'm good to go all we need is a property <laughs> and we can close this out again that's gonna carry more weight when you make your offer so if you're in a competitive market and there's multiple offers on the property if other folks have you know a prequal or just a pre-approval but you have an actual underwritten approval that's gonna be better off for you and your agents gonna love it as well now, times change. You know, sometimes in certain markets, they're gonna require that. So just be aware of that. You know, if you're gonna go that far with a loan officer, that has to be the one that you've decided to work with. You're gonna move forward with them. Um, the last thing you wanna do is go through that whole underwriting process, get approved, you make an offer on a property, and then you're thinking about switching lenders after you're already in escrow. <laughs> You know, you don't want to do that. There's going to be hurdles and unnecessary hurdles that you're going to put yourself through. Somebody may promise you because, you know, a lot of the loan officers will actually reach out to you because they can see that you're applying for a mortgage. So all of a sudden you start getting calls and emails and they're going to say, hey, I can get you a better rate. I can get you a better rate. But you're already in escrow. You're already in this process. You're already working. You've already got your underwriting. We're on contingencies. We're really moving. Uh, and that train is moving along. You don't want to hit the brakes for the chance of a, a slightly better rate. 
Um, you know, so just keep that in mind. I, I know you have the right to do that, but just be cautious. You know, again, the home buying process has enough obstacles on its own. You don't need to create more for yourself. <laughs> so that would be my advice. It's something that you should, should be aware of. So let's say you got your underwriting completed. Your loan officer is working with you. They're saying, hey, we can close this in, you know, 17 days. Then what you need to do is now take that underwritten, underwritten approval to your real estate agent and start the home buying process, the home shopping process at that point. <laughs> I know this is, you know, unheard of because most people actually start looking on Zillow or Redfin or whatever um, right off the bat before they even talk to a loan officer, before they even get their pre-approval done because they just want to know, hey, how much, you know, what are homes going for in my area? I really love this home with all the upgrades and they get so emotionally attached to properties and they haven't even started this process. As you can see, there's a whole pre-pre-approval process. Then there's a whole pre-approval process before you get the actual letter and can actually make an offer. So don't do that to yourself. <laughs> you know, don't cause that emotional stress of looking at a home, falling in love with it, and you haven't even started the process. Go through each step, you know, taking one step at a time, getting that pre-approval in hand, and then getting out and actually going to see homes. Now, we can talk a little bit about this, but I really want to save this for the next episode. We're going to talk about you know, the home, you know, making offers with your agent and then that whole escrow process from the time that your offer gets accepted until you actually get keys in hand. So we'll, we'll dive into that. But I do want to touch on this. When it comes to working with a real estate agent, it's important that you find somebody who is not only, uh, you know, licensed, but they're experienced and they've seen multiple markets. Depending on the type of market that you're in, um, it could be, you know, that, hey, this is a new agent and they've never seen a down market before or they've never seen a highly competitive market where, you know, everybody's throwing offers in, you know, like we just had. And, um, you know, how are you going to compete with this new agent who's never been through this before? So when it comes to choosing a real estate agent, you have the right to work with whoever you want. I would suggest that you get your own representation. What I mean by that is don't just use the listing agent for your agent because they have the first protections to their client, the seller. Now, it could be a conflict of interest if they're protecting the seller and now they're trying to look out for you, right? So you just wanna keep that in mind. You wanna use your own agent who's gonna stick up for you, who's gonna to go to bat for you, who has what's called a fiduciary duty to you, meaning that they have to protect you and protect your finances and have your best you know, um, foot forward and really your best interests at hand. Um, and so you want to use your own agent. You do not have to pay for this buyer agent. I know these times are changing and I've been hearing things where buyers are having to pay for agents. That's not the case. You know, um, this question comes up quite a bit. Hey, who pays for this real estate agent who's going to be taking me around and making offers for me and doing all this and all that? They get paid by the seller. So the seller gives a commission to the listing agent. That listing agent is splitting that with the buyer's agent and that's how your agent gets paid. So don't be afraid to put them to work. They're still working for you. Even though that money's not coming out of your pocket, they're getting paid on your behalf. So put your agent to work, get out, go see homes, go see open houses with your agent, go 
you know, put in offers and, and really start the process of getting out and seeing multiple homes. I know the internet, the internet age and virtual walkthroughs are great, but you really need to see a place, um, you know, walk through it if you can. I know a lot of military, I help a lot of military clients. We have to do virtual walkthroughs, that's understandable, but if you can see it, get out and see it. Um, that'd be my advice. So when it comes to finding an agent, get your own agent, do your due diligence. You may wanna ask around for a referral, but find somebody who's gonna protect you. And yes, they are getting paid, not by you, but they are getting paid, so put them to work. That's kind of where I want to end it today. If you have any questions and you kind of just want to get the ball rolling to see where you're at, take that first step, visit our website at homeownerprep.com forward slash start. You can kind of see where you're at. You can fill out an, an assessment, or if you're ready to go, you can actually get a referral to a loan officer or real estate agent there. Um, but visit our website so that way you can take that first step. If you have just a simple question that you need answer, you can always reach us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, Instagram being the most popular at homeowner prep and you can ask your questions there. I hope this information was valuable to you. I look forward to kind of capping this out on the next episode and really providing more information, vital information for you to help you take that first step on the next episode. Until then, be blessed. I hope you got some value from today's episode. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this show, be sure to share it with them. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love for you to drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you if you have any questions. So reach out to us on Instagram at homeowner prep. Who knows? We may read your review and answer your question on one of our future shows.